Hallelujah. Glory to you, people of God. I'm just so glad to be here with you today, this Wednesday. Uh, what is today? Wow. It is, uh, what is the date? October 4th already. It just seems like this year has gone by quick. And and um, if, you, if this video ministers to you, would you give me a comment, thumbs up, subscribe? Um, I'm going to put out a video maybe later on this week of some things I got coming up at the new year. Uh, and I'm looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to seeing you. We do have, I should do this, October 15th, 5 p.m. Sunday afternoon, encounter night at a UNF. Uh, I'll put up the JPEG right here so you can see it. And um, we'll talk about it then. Uh, maybe on another video. I'm going to talk about today, you know, uh, some really important things about, um, you know, you, you're called to ministry. And I would love to tell you that that the church is this uh, perfect, holy place and that um, everyone who's a preacher, I always tell people, I wish I could go back to the days of innocence. And what I mean by that is I could walk into a church in the old days, knew nothing, Every minister I thought was just the greatest thing in the world. Like I couldn't believe that, you know, um, the ministers I got to meet and all this. And then um, I, I just really had this absolute reverence for ministers. And then many of those, some of those people fell. Some of those people went through really dark times. And and then I got involved in, you know, then I got called to ministry and I found just the, the political spirit that's in the church. And, um, I even had a call. I called a good friend of mine the other night, just have him pray over me because, uh, you know, we deal with these things and we don't think that, um, they're affecting us, but they can be. All right. So, and I told him, I said, I really feel like I just need you to pray for me. He's such a good friend. And we had this great talk about, you know, these political spirits and, and how they operate and, and and stuff like that and he just gave me this verse just to really kind of um uh recognize and you know he's so good um he's such a good friend he's been a friend for um since 09 we've been friends we have you know prayed with each other through uh you know down times up times dry times wet times you know we have we have done that but he he said he, he talked about this word right here and i'm just going to read a couple verses uh Philippians 1.15, we'll start there. Some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife, and some also from goodwill. The former preach Christ from a selfish ambition, not sincerity, supposed to add affliction to my change, but the latter out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. That word selfish ambition is actually a party spirit or a political spirit. And, you know, so I'm gonna, I want to talk about, hey, you're called to ministry. And, um, you know, wouldn't it be great if you didn't have to deal with this? But I don't know any minister who hasn't had to deal with this. And I'm going to give you the three tools of the enemy so that you can recognize them as you go in ministry. Now, what we're going to do, we're going to spend some time today. I normally don't do this, but we are going to spend some time in the book of Nehemiah. And we're going to um, go ahead and read um, uh, chapter six and go through it. Now, this is one of my favorite um, chapters on the revelation of our warfare that we sometimes go through. You know, sometimes you, you're sitting there and you don't even realize that you're in a war, that you're in a battle, like you're completely oblivious to it uh, until you're in it. Like you didn't see it coming. You didn't hear the enemy coming. 
and all of a sudden you're feeling like, well, where did this attack come from? So this is an amazing thing. Um, I've been in this chapter for a long time in my life. And I got to tell you, even Bill Johnson uh, does a great teaching on this. And um, but these are the three the three enemies or three spirits that will come against you when you start moving in the supernatural. And um, so and I'm going to tell you how you can recognize what they are. OK, uh, six one. Now it happened when Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem, the Arab. The rest of our enemies heard I had rebuilt the wall and that there were no breaks left in it, though at the time I had not hung the doors in the gates, that Simbalat and Geshem sent to me, saying, Come, let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought uh, they thought to do me harm. You know, um, so here they are. Oh, it sounds peaceful. It sounds like a peaceful dinner. I love, I love... Nehemiah's responses, both naturally, but also spiritually. And we're going to go over some of those. So I sent messages to them saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? But they sent me this message four times. And I answered them the same manner. Then Simbalat sent his servants to me as before. So first thing, the things guised as, hey, we want to meet. We want to talk to you. Um, Boy, that's that's a tough one uh, sometimes to deal with when they say it like, oh, we want to talk. Come on, let's let's check. Um, and he says, so uh, he sent his servants uh, to me as before the fifth time and opened a letter in his hand. And it was written it is reported among the nations and Geshem saying that you and the Jews plan to rebel. Therefore, according to these rumors, you are rebuilding the wall that you may be their king. And you have also appointed prophets to proclaim concerning you at Jerusalem, saying, There is a king in Judah. Now these matters will be reported to the kings. So come, therefore, and let us consult together. Let me, let me, let me deal with the first one right here, false accusations. <clears throat> you know, I, I, I don't like that spirit. Um, the, Jesus doesn't like it either at all. Um, he actually... Um, um, does not like um, when we um, when we do these things. Okay, we, we can let's just look at some things that the Lord really doesn't like, and and you want to avoid these things in your life. Okay, uh, Proverbs chapter six verse sixteen says this: These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him: a proud look, a lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood, the heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among the brethren. I want to show you that, like, the lying tongue, the uh, false witness, and one who sows discord, all those are dealing, are very prevalent sometimes in the church. Should not be so, but it is. And... You know, I've seen this over and over. Like I've been attacked with it. I've seen others attacked with it. I've seen great men and women attacked with it. I've seen um, it's it's really bad. And um, it always hides in the darkness. There's always vagueness. Here's how you know. Look at this is how you know of false accusations. You don't get any evidence. In other words, they hide the evidence. They hide. They say, well, we can't show it to you. It's false accusations, and it's really abomination. It's not just wicked. It's an abomination before the Lord. And um, 
So I, 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 I've had to deal with this in my own life, but I've also, you know, when I was with Todd, uh, back in 20, I'm still with Todd, I'm still friends with Todd, but when I was in 2019 dealing with all that stuff with Todd, one minister that you would know that um, would shock you if I told you, but he actually tried to, with Todd, accuse me of having an affair. In other words, he he had to break me up from Todd. So he text. I got all the text messages, so he can't deny it now. I literally got screenshots of all the messages and tried to accuse me and didn't come to me. He had my cell number. He could have said, hey, Lou, you know, What's going on there? He didn't do that. The, the whole motive of it was to separate me from Todd because they wanted Todd to be isolated. That was the goal. If we can isolate him, we can get rid of him. All right. That was the deal. That was kind of their game plan. False accusations happen. Um, and two way that you could tell is that there is no chance of restoration. So in the Todd accusations, uh, when I sat there with somebody who was in charge of the tribunal, um, Todd was never offered restoration. He was told, you either confess to all of these things and leave ministry forever, or um, or we're going to do an investigation and I expose it to everybody. Well, number one, by the way, the letter came out. Did it ever say any of those things were true? No, none of those. There was no details. None. Take the example of that and then take the example of Ravi Zacharias and what they, how they actually detailed everything. That's how you know they're false, folks. They're not, <clears throat> it's not so, so since we can't, we can't, we don't want to talk about it. That's all hogwash. That's cover. It's a lying spirit. It's demonic. It's a principality. And it's really ugly. And it's an abomination before God. So you're going to be in ministry and someone's going to accuse you of something. And you have a choice. And that is to defend yourself or just to keep doing what God has called you to do. Okay. You, you, you know, some, and by the way, you, sometimes you have to speak up. Sometimes you just got to keep going. But let me put it this way. You always got to keep going. Okay. You always got to keep going. But. He defends himself, but he says this. He says, he says, I said to him saying, no such things as these are being done, but you invent them in your own heart. Oh, that is such a good word. For they were all trying to make us afraid. How? Through accusation that leads to intimidation. But you invent them in your own heart, for they're all trying to make us afraid, saying their hands will be weakened in the work and will not be done. And therefore, now listen, that's how he dealt with it naturally. None of these things are going on like you say. None of these things are happening. And then what did he do? Now, therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. I love that. In other words, Lord, I realize that this attack is coming now. I realize it's there. Strengthen my hands. I'm going to need you to strengthen me, Lord, because I just found myself in a battle that I didn't invent or make up. This is a battle I am now in, and I didn't really want to be in this battle, but I'm in it. And you, for some reason, Lord, have saw fit for me to be in this battle. And this is, you know, it's okay, Lord, I trust you, but now I got to learn how to fight the battle. I got to learn how to fight this warfare. Afterward, I came to the house of Shemaiah and the son of Deliah, the son of, oh, I got all these names. Boy, they're really Greek to me. Uh, Mehetabal, uh, Metabahal, uh, who was a secret informer. And he said, let us meet together in the house of God within the temple. and Let us close the doors of the temple. For they are coming to kill you. Indeed, at night they will come to you. To come to kill you. And I said, should such a man as I flee? And who is there such as I who would go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. 
Then I perceive, see, once he stood up against it and he would not do the wrong thing. You know, so he doesn't go, oh, yeah, let's go. And then he realizes that when he responds correctly and he goes, no, I'm not going to do this thing. Why would I Why would I do that? He says, then I perceive that God had not sent him at all, but that he pronounced this prophecy against me because of Tobiah and Samballot had hired him. For this reason, he was hired that I should be afraid and act in a way and sin. In other words, it was sinful for him. He's not supposed to go in the temple. He can't do that and hide in there. See, he's by the way, he can't just go in the temple. He's not a priest. I think uh, Nehemiah might have been governor, but he's not allowed to just go into the temple and do these things, right? You can't just go in whenever you want. That's not how, that's not what the temple's for, okay? And so, he's, if if I act this way and sin. I'm opening myself up for more, okay? And he says, for this reason, he was hired that I should be afraid and act that way and sin so that I might have a cause for an evil report, that they might reproach me, my God. Now, that's how he handled it. He said, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do your thing. I'm not going to do what you want. I don't trust your counsel. And then he prays, my God, remember to buy and some ballot according to these, their works and the prophetess Nehodiah, the rest of the prophets who would have made me afraid. Look, there is there is prophets in the church today. Listen to me. There are prophets in the church today who are not prophesying out of the spirit of the Lord. They are prophesying of stuff they invent in their own heart. And then there are those who prophesy from evil spirits. There's no such thing going on. As you say, you invent these things in your heart. Look at not everyone who says, thus saith the Lord is giving an accurate word. We're supposed to judge the spirits and judge the words. Simple as that. Look, I, I'm going to just be honest. With you. I had Jason Westerfield at my church two and a half years before Bethel, and I caught him, and I like I knew there was something wrong, and I confronted him, caught him in lying. I caught it all two and a half years prior. Jack Taylor, when it all came out of Bethel, Jack Taylor called me and said, "You had a deal with him, right?" I said, "Yeah." I said, "He's just on, operating in demonic spirits." He would talk about things of Christ and things that Jesus had done in his life. But he was operating out of this spirit of bitterness, and everything he was doing is to manipulate people. And by the way, you cannot listen to me. You got to understand this. He was not perverting the anointing, he was not perverting the Holy Spirit. You cannot pervert Holy Spirit, <laughs> you cannot pervert the anointing. Okay? It was another spirit and another anointing on him, another spirit on him. Do you understand the difference? You have to understand, like, it's not, you cannot take the Holy Spirit and do with him what you want. He's God. doesn't work that way. You can pervert truth. You can twist words. But you cannot pervert the Spirit of God. All right? <clears throat> and so we see that he's, here's the three tools. What are they? Um, accusation intimidation, and then slander. So now you got all the people saying slanderous things about him. They're looking for something. Um, and let's go a little farther because I just love the way Nehemiah prays. By the way, there's a thing in the church where we never, 
We never deal with this stuff. This is why this stuff persists in the church. We we actually think that we're never supposed to sit, call out stuff, false prophets and stuff like that. But I, I don't agree with that because Paul did. Jesus told us and warned us there would be false prophets. And, and as leaders, we need to deal with stuff, okay, just the way it is. But we need to deal with it scripturally. We need to deal with it rightly. Um. So, in other words, if I feel someone's got false doctrine, I would talk to them. If I think someone has sin in their life, I would talk to them. But if I think someone's a false prophet, which, by the way, a false prophet isn't always in accurate words. It's the spirit that's behind it, and they want to, they're trying to attract people to themselves. So remember that. Remember that. So the wall was finished on the day, on 25th day, the 52 days. By the way, the day of Elul. Elul is a Babylonian name, and because he's in Babylon, he, he's it's, he's writing this. He's from you know that's where Nehemiah's lived, Babylon. It's not a biblical name for the for the for the um I don't even know what um month that is to be honest with you. That'd be very interesting. You know, I I always try to pay um I I always try to pay attention. Oh, the yearly cycle before. Last month in the Jewish yearly, by the way, it's not Jewish. The Jewish month is not. Uh, Elul is, it would be the last, it would be the sixth month of the year. By the way, I, I say this to people like Elul is not the biblical name. God called the months, the first, the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth. That's how he called them. Um, so Elul is actually, an, it, it's not, it's not a kingdom name. This is actually out of Babylon. They adopt, they start adopting Babylonian names uh, because they were in Babylon. Okay, that's where they've been living. So they know the names of Babylon. And you got to remember, they, they don't know the law fully yet. Remember, they, they read the law and stuff like that or learning it again because they haven't had the book of the law with them. All right. So um, as it happened, when all the enemies heard of it, and all the nations around us saw these things that they were very disheartened in their own eyes, for they perceived that this work was done by our God. Also in those days, the nobles of Judah sent many letters to Tobiah, and the letters of Tobiah came to them. For many in Judah were pledged to him, because he was the son-in-law of Shekaniah, the son of Arad, the son of Jehonon, had married the daughter of Mesalum. These are all nice names. Also they reported his good deeds before me, and reported my words to him. Tobiah sent letters to frighten me. Look, um, maybe you got a text message. I, you know, by the way, the, dealing with the Todd thing, I got, I got, I got threatened by several ministers. You're going to lose your ministry. You're going to lose your ministry. Um, I just felt, dealt with a spiritual daughter this morning who someone sent her a text message and had this accusation in it. But this is why, this is how you know this is false. This was a mentor, one of her mentors, sent her a thing, accusing her stuff, no details, no actual facts, just accused her. And then said, I, I'm not going to mentor you anymore. But she's never actually addressed any of these things past, but she is gossiping about her. That is a troubling spirit to me, okay? And I'm not releasing the name yet, but I'm just saying that's troubling to me. These, This is a false way to act in the church. Let me, let me explain to you again. As a leader, if I'm having an issue with someone in my church, as by the way, when I wasn't a leader, when I was having an issue with my friend, I could see he was going into adultery. I did not. Um, I went to him first. I didn't go to the church. I didn't go to other people and gossip about him. 
I went to him. Matthew 18 tells us the right way to go. If you avoid Matthew 18, by the way, Matthew 18 is not just level and accusation. It's you must, you must offer repentance. And if they repent, if you send in a text message, you are unfit for a leader. I'm just going to tell you that right now. You send a text message to somebody who you've been mentoring. And then your text message with an accusation, you cut them off. You are not fit for the be leadership in the body of Christ. I'm just going to say that. <clears throat> that's a coward. That's By the way, that's an accusing spirit. I'm tired of these spirits, to be honest with you, Lord. <clears throat> I'm tired of them manipulating the body. Look, you're going to get Bill Johnson's got them. Paul Zink, my, Randy Lechner had them. Ronnie Al Brown's had them. Um, you know, and you and I, I know all these men, and they all were like, I don't even know what they're talking about. Like, I, and you know what it gets you to do? Listen, listen to me. Be careful. Because what it will get you to do, and what it's intended to get you to do, is to sit there and go, oh, God, you know, show me if there's anything in me. Let me tell you something. When someone accuses me of something and I'm not doing it, I know I'm innocent. I don't have to go, oh, did I really do that? Like, I can go. I can, I, you can feel the spirit of it. That's not the spirit of the Lord. It's really, it's really important to understand that. That when, sometimes they're accusing you of hurts, out of pains, out of wounds, out of misperceptions, whatever. But you do not have to sit there and, and come under the oppression of false accusations. How do you do that? How do I keep myself from coming under? From, from not getting put under the oppression of false accusations. I keep about my business, like 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 uh, Nehemiah did. He kept doing what God called him to do. Because he knew this. If God's upset with me, the one who called me, the one who called me is the one who will also rebuke me. And I don't know this guy. Remember, he names him as an enemy. All right. And the Bible says that, you know, if your brother sins to go to your brother, if you don't go to your brother with the heart of, of restoration, you are not spiritual. You're just an accuser of the brethren. And that's the truth. That's the truth.